0: The second letter of Paul to Timothy. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: We see in our scriptures today an author of the letter writing a greeting to a young guy named Timothy. So for us to understand a little bit about what this passage means, we have to kind of understand who Timothy was and Timothy's story, Timothy's journey in faith so that we can understand what we believe Paul, the the author here, or somebody in relationship to Paul, is writing to Timothy. And what we know about the story of Timothy is that Timothy was born in a family that was mixed religious heritage, that his mother and his grandmother were from Jewish heritage, but that his father was a Greek. Now, we don't know much about his father. We don't know if his father was a God-fearer or what a lot of gentile greek almost semi converts to judaism were in those days they believed in the god of israel they worshipped the god of israel but they hadn't made the steps of conversion especially males this was difficult for because there were some pretty steep requirements for a male um, who was already an adult to be able to commit to a life of full judaism And so there were lots of Greeks around the Roman world or Greek speaking citizens of the Roman world who had previous already committed to the God of Israel, to Yahweh, but they hadn't made a full jumper, full leap, full conversion. But we don't know if that's Timothy's case or not. Um, One sign that it's probably not Timothy's case is that um, Timothy himself was not entered into the covenant. He was not circumcised as a baby. And so Timothy, as an adult, was half Jewish and half Greek. And at some point in his first missionary journey, Paul visits the city that Timothy is from, Lystra. And so in this city, Paul heals several people. And there's many people who witness these miracles, and they come to know who Jesus is through the preaching and the witness of Paul. And Paul, as he was his pattern in all of his missionary journeys, he moved on to another city and he preached the gospel there and then moved on to another city and preached the gospel there. And then he would often backtrack and find his way back through the map um, and meet with all the churches on his way back to Damascus um, or into Antioch or into Jerusalem, wherever he was heading in the uh, eastern side of the Mediterranean. And he would kind of encourage and strengthen the leaders in all of these churches. We don't know if he had contact with Timothy during this journey. We don't we haven't. Don't hear anything about Timothy in this first journey in the book of Acts. But where we do come into contact with Timothy is in Paul's second journey, where Paul is with Silas going around and visiting cities and preaching the gospel. It's on the second journey that Paul becomes acquainted with who Timothy is. And Timothy has already grown to become a very respected member of the church in Asia Minor, what we would consider now um, Macedonia, in that area, and so or, or Turkey even. And so the, Timothy's name had already kind of gone around. He had become an elder in his church and he had become an influential person. And even with his youth, it was clear that he had a gifting for the work of God in the church. And when Paul met him, he believed in Timothy. He believed that Timothy had what it took to join him on his missionary journeys, and Timothy wanted to go. So they decide they're gonna strike a partnership, and Timothy is gonna travel with them throughout their missionary journey. Now, when Paul calls Timothy to do this, he recognizes that there's gonna be an issue. Because Timothy was from a Jewish heritage through his mother's lineage, but he had not ever been circumcised. Paul's history and Paul's pattern was to go first to the Jewish synagogue and preach the gospel there and then go into the Greek or Roman marketplaces and preach the gospel there. And he knew that Timothy, not having had the full sign of the covenant that the people of Israel had been given by God, on him was going to be a problem. Because here he was, a Jew by heritage, but not a Jew by covenant, and by faith. And so, Paul encourages Timothy to take that step as an adult, to commit to being fully a Jewish man in his his ways so that he won't have any hindrance between him ministering to other Jews as they go throughout the region and preach the gospel. So think about the kind of character Timothy had. Where he was so committed to the to the Lord to Jesus and he was so committed to the mission work that he believed God was calling him to do with Paul that he was willing to make this kind of a physical sacrifice and this kind of a commitment level to something that the church had already said wasn't necessary because already at this point the first council of the church had already happened in Jerusalem where Paul and Barnabas and Peter bring forward testimony about what God was doing among the Gentiles who hadn't been circumcised and were telling them that that the Spirit was recognizing them and coming and entering into them. And so that we as a church need to recognize Gentiles into the church, not first to convert to Judaism, but only to seek after and follow the ways of Jesus Christ. And so they got rid of that as a requirement to enter into fellowship with the early church. And so Timothy wasn't under any kind of obligation in his Christian faith to do this, but he was sensing an obligation to his ministry work to make this step so that he wouldn't be a hindrance to the gospel going out among the Jews. What a character Timothy had. And so now we can fast forward a little bit to when Paul or one of his associates is writing this letter to Timothy and encouraging Timothy in his ministry. And in this letter, it is recognized that Timothy's faith was directly influenced by his mother and by his grandmother. That it seems they might have been the ones to actually have witnessed the miracles that Paul did, or at least were early on in the community of faith that that leapt up in Lystra um, because of Paul's ministry with Timothy or with, with the city. And so they're the ones who first came to believe in Jesus, and then they are the ones who pass that faith on to young Timothy. And think about the heritage that needed to even come before that. That they had raised Timothy and they had shown Timothy how to be a man of character, how to be a man who loved God and served God and sought after God, and that he was ready to receive the gospel when the time came for them to share the Gospel with him after they had converted, or after they had made the decision to follow Jesus. I shouldn't say converted, as we looked at in the Paul series that I did last year, that this really wasn't a conversion per se for most of the Jews who chose to believe in Jesus. It was the continuation of their faith in the God of Israel who has now sent his Messiah and is now leading his people to heal the world through the work of Jesus. And so this wasn't really a conversion per se but it was a continuation of their faith that they had already and paul encourages this or the author of this letter at least encourages this in timothy and that he should recognize the faith that has been passed on to him by those that came before him what an amazing statement the the session As we have been praying and discerning these last several years about what God is calling us to as a church, and many of you who have participated in some of the stuff that we've done in the last year, know that we have talked about three distinct areas, and one of those distinct areas is to walk alongside a new generation, helping them learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to be connected with Jesus in their day-to-day life. Now, this... Is deep within the roots of our faith. What we're seeing here in the relationship of of Timothy with his mother and with his grandmother is a Jewish heritage where you would pass down the faith to those who would come after you. There is an importance of walking alongside a new generation and teaching them what it meant to be in covenant in relationship with the God of Israel. We see this in Deuteronomy 6 when the author of Deuteronomy is kind of spelling out the law once again for the people of Israel. And he begins it with a famous saying that all um, Israelites and Israelis today memorize. It's the Shema. Shema is the Hebrew word for hear, to hear. Um, And so it's a command. Hear, hear, O Israel, is how it starts. The Lord our God is one. And then it goes on and it says that they are to pass the faith down. They're supposed to teach it while they're standing and while they're sitting down and when they're lying down. They're supposed to teach it when they're inside and when they're outside, when they're coming, when they're going. They're supposed to bind it on their foreheads and on their arms and hands and in their doorposts, which modern-day Jews take very seriously and actually bind these commandments in those various places and phylacteries and on doorposts. And so... There's a seriousness in the faith of the Jewish people to make sure that they were passing on the goodness of the relationship that they had with Yahweh to the next generation. Now, we've intentionally not said next generation in our church because we believe that God is calling us to reach not just those who are younger than us, but those who just aren't in the church, a new generation. Um, People who have not been raised in the faith or who don't know who Jesus is, that we would walk alongside them and help them understand how they too could have a relationship daily with Jesus that inspires them, gives them life and new purpose in what, everything that they do. And so we're supposed to be doing this, passing this on, not just with our kids, not just in the generations down, but with those who we walk this life with, sharing faith with them. As I think, about my own life i think about the people who deeply influenced my faith journey many of you who took my class a couple years ago on tell your know your story tell your story or know your story share your story i'm going to be doing a new video series on that and releasing it so if you missed it you'll be able to at least do it online sometime in the future here but in that series we talked about our own personal testimonies and how we Um, came to know who Jesus is. And for many of us, we were raised in the church. And so we recognize that our testimonies start with parents who raised us to know Jesus. And my own testimony, if you were there in the class, you heard me share my five-minute testimony. And my testimony starts with my mother's faith and my mother choosing to believe in Jesus and choosing to commit her life to Jesus and follow after Jesus. And so my very own testimony starts not with my life, but with my mother's life. And I have legacy going even further because my, my dad's mother was a woman of great faith and had lived an incredibly difficult life and had really um, had a beautiful faith in Jesus that she was always willing to share and encourage others in. My mom's grandmother, my great-grandmother, um, was an incredible woman of faith and uh, was always generous and loving and kind and grace-filled and forgiving with those around her. And she had a huge influence on her grandkids and on those around her. And so all through my past, I can look and see ways in which my family has had a legacy of passing the faith down through various means. And I can also see that there's mentors in my life, people who have been more intentional. They weren't my family members, but they took an interest and they mentored me and cared for me and showed me what it meant to be a Christian man of God. I think you could probably do the same thing. And I think this week, as we are thinking and reflecting about our mothers, as we are recognizing the legacy that our mothers have on our faith, that we can praise God and celebrate motherhood and all the goodness that it is for each one of us, but we can extend our praise a little further than that and recognize all the people who have had influences on us to help us to have a sincere faith in Jesus. So this week, would you sit down? Would you think about all those people and maybe write their names? Maybe then after you write their names, write a quick prayer for them. Whether they're alive or whether they've passed on, you can still pray for them. Um, But maybe if they are still alive, you could find a way to reach out to them and let them know how they've had an impact on on your faith so that they can praise God with you for what God has done through them. Let us celebrate the legacy that others have had on us and let us commit to having a legacy on those who are coming after us in the church so that they might continue on in the faith and knowing who Jesus is and why Jesus is important to their daily lives so that they might find life and wholeness and purpose in him. Amen. Friends, remember this week, my charge to you, my challenge to you is to think about those who have had an impact, a legacy of sincere faith they've passed on to you in your life to remember those names, to write them down somewhere in a journal, to write prayers out to God, thanking God for their influence in your life. I'm hoping that most of your mothers are on that list in some way. And I also encourage you that if those people on that list are still alive, maybe find a way to reach out to them, whether it's email or Facebook or a phone call, and tell them the impact that they have had on your life. Let them share in the praise of God from what God has done through them and passing on a sincere faith to you. Do that this week and be encouraged and encourage others even as we're home and staying safe from this pandemic. Now, go from this worship, staying in your homes, but go from this worship back into your family lives, recognizing the call on you to pass down the faith and to love others In Jesus' name, and may the God of all generations bless all that you do to pass the faith on so that you might be lifted up in praise in his name at the end of time as one who has been faithful and is witness to many for his name. Amen.